This is episode 44 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are, Will you turn away family, friends, and neighbors at your door when America's day of disaster arrives? How to explain to your friends and family what a prepper is without sounding nuts? And a basic solar power system description and diagram. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Let's go ahead and get started. The first article comes to us from Michael Schneider's uh, blog, The Economic Collapse. Uh, it's one of the blogs that, it's one of those ones that I've been going to since the beginning. And uh, The Economic Collapse, I mean, you start Googling Economic Collapse and this one comes up. And so all, always has good information. And one of the things that um, that I like about Michael is he always backs it up with, uh, he always backs it up with, facts and he always links to them so you, you definitely want to hit his hit his uh, website and his articles now i will say this one might be a little bit more controversial i know that there's different opinions out there in the preparedness community so i want to read it and then kind of give a little bit of my own opinion uh, i will say that it, it has uh, struck up a chord there's like 200 and just in the time that i um i started the podcast i mean there's been probably an extra 15 comments so it's like up to 268 comments and we posted this one on prepper website yesterday so it's uh it's gotten a lot of traction out there so let's go ahead and start reading this one again will you turn away family friends and neighbors at your door when america's day of disaster arrives how will you handle all the people that will show up at your door when a major crisis strikes because they haven't been making any preparations of their own Earlier today, somebody asked me about this on Facebook, and I thought that it was a very good question because thousands of my readers will be faced with this precise dilemma at some point. When America's day of disaster arrives, it is inevitable that most of us that are prepping will have family, friends, and neighbors showing up at our door asking for help. When that happens, what will you do? There are some people out there that are very honest about the fact that they do not plan to share what they have stored up with anyone and that even close family members will be greeted with a shotgun if they show up unannounced. Personally, I could never do that. My wife and I have always had the philosophy that we need to work extra hard to prepare because there will be people that need to depend on us when time gets really hard. And turning away those that are in desperate need would go against everything that we stand for. After all, I am even writing a book that is all about the true meaning of love, and so it would be quite hypocritical of me to turn away those that I care about when they need me the most. And even if I wanted to be cold-hearted, my wife would never let me get away with it. She has such a soft heart that she literally can't bear to even see a bug die. We often have spiders invade our place, and when she sees one, she gently captures it and sets it free outside. I tell her that they will just breed and come back in even bigger numbers, but that doesn't seem to matter to her. So needless to say, we are going to have to find a nonviolent way to deal with our spider problem. But I certainly understand the frustration of those that have been trying to warn family and friends about what is coming for years, and they never seem to listen. And it is true that resources are limited. For the vast majority of us, there is only so much money and energy that we can put into prepping. And so why should those that have refused to listen to the warnings and prepare in advance be able to benefit from all of our hard work? Unfortunately, life is not always fair. And we also need to realize that there is a tremendous amount of deception going on out there these days. 
Some of the very deceptions that are currently circulating are very strong and it can be very easy to be sucked into them. So we need to have compassion for those that have been led into confusion. Look, there are literally thousands of watchmen all across the country that have never wavered from warning America about what is coming even for a moment. That is because they are standing on the truth and not on wishful thinking that is the product of overactive imaginations. The ingredients for the perfect storm that so many watchmen have been warning about for ages are starting to come together right before our eyes. We are closer to World War III than we have been in decades. Our politicians are openly admitting that our relations with Russia are quote-unquote an all-time low. The federal government is $20 trillion in debt. Our nation is on the verge of being torn apart by strife and civil unrest. The financial markets are primed for a crash of epic proportions. There are mass die-offs of animals all over the globe. And natural disasters are happening with frightening regularity as the crust of our planet rattles and shakes. But we are somehow supposed to believe that, quote-unquote, everything is going to be wonderful. Even though we continue to kill babies on an industrial scale, just about every form of sexual immorality that you can possibly imagine is exploding all around us. Our entertainment industry is an open sewer, and we lead the world in both legal and illegal drug use. I've got dozens more facts that I could quote regarding our moral decay, but I think you've got the point. If we actually changed our behavior, I could understand why it would make sense for America to be blessed. But we haven't changed our behavior, and there are no signs that this is going to happen anytime soon. As humans, we have the freedom to choose, but those choices inevitably have consequences. The same thing is true for our nation as a whole. We have made a whole bunch of exceedingly bad choices, and those choices are going to result in some incredibly painful consequences. So you can do whatever you want, but my wife and I are going to continue to get prepared. America is headed for a date with disaster, and those that are suggesting otherwise are not being honest with you. Okay, so great article from Michael Snyder. Michael is a Christian, and uh, so he's, he's coming at it from that point of view. And you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am also a Christian as well. I am a pastor. I am unapologetically a Christian. I don't make any... Uh, any apologies for that? And if people don't like it, tough. Go to it. There's there's other podcasts you can go listen to. Um, so when I read this article, I, I'm going to come from my Christian faith because well, let me just start from here. The the he mentioned you know somebody that a family member was going to be uh, you know met with a shotgun uh, if they if they came during a disaster. And I do remember. I, I wish I could remember the article. I wish I could remember uh, which website it was, um, but I, I do remember. I just I, I remember it so vividly, at least what I was reading, because I was picturing this person talking and and visualing the the situation, the scenario that was going down. But what she was saying is, she's been preparing. She was trying. She's been trying to warn everybody, all of her family, even her mom. And if her mom came to her door. In, in a time of crisis, if the poop has hit the fan, that she was going to meet her, she was going to, to see the end of her shotgun, you know, the end of her shotgun barrel. And I remember seeing that, and I think this was before, pre, this was pre-Prepper website, before I started PrepperWebsite.com, and uh, I, was, I was just trying to soak in all the preparedness information that I could. I was just, I was just 
just consuming a lot of uh, preparedness information. And so I remember seeing that. I'm like, how is that even possible? How could I try to imagine the scenario? I tried to imagine myself being put in that situation where I've been preparing and, and I had family members and you know, my parents coming and, and doing that. I'm, I'm very glad that I have you know, a lot of my, my immediate family, we all prep. So that's, you know, that's good news there. But I couldn't even imagine that because my faith wouldn't go there. And um, one of the things that I've always said is that if you are a believer, if you are a, a Christian, even your morals, man, even going to the morals, you can't divorce those from your, just because the poop has hit the fan. And so let me go back to being a Christian. I can't not, I can't stop being a Christian and believing in, you know, what I believe just because the poop has hit the fan and we are in a collapse or whatever situation. Uh, my faith, you know, dictates that I'm, I'm supposed to be the same all the time, you know, and, and I live that way. So I've, I'm at peace with the fact that, you know, when, when things happen, there's probably going to be people show up at my door. Now, I've always told people, our, our goal is to go up to my dad's place up in the country. That, that's it. That's if we are able to see this thing happen ahead of time. And like I said, that's one reason why I'm always watching the news. I'm always watching what's going on up there. Uh, so if we needed to bug out, we would bug out way before anybody else was really doing that. And even if we had to call into work sick and like, hey, you know, I'm not feeling well, whatever, or, or, or you know, I need a couple of days off. And we do it. We we go up there, and nothing really happens. But at least we're you know we we made the decision to go up there. So we're always paying attention to that. But if I always said that if for whatever reason it happens so fast that we're not able to get out and we have to bug in, I mean I've got a plan for that as well. You know I'm I'm going to have neighbors. I'm going to have you know I have a way uh, thoughts in my mind of what I would do to mobilize this community because I don't believe in that you know just shutting yourself in. Uh, and, and, and that's it, you know, and then kind of waiting for everybody to die off. I think that if uh, you, you read some of the fictional, and I know that they're fictional dystopian novels or whatever, but, you know, a lot of the times in those, in those books, gangs come in and they start, you know, taking down, uh, taking down neighborhoods one by one. And so I, I'm of the belief that if I had to bug in and stay in my neighborhood, that I would try to mobilize as many people as possible and come. And I think I could be very persuasive uh, about what we needed to do and, and move forward from there and organize. Uh, there's just going to be a lot of things. So, you know, as, as a Christian, a lot of the times I have this imagination that there's other Christian preppers out there that when the poop hits the fan, they all of a sudden become a Rambo, a Rambo person, right? And they they gear up, they gear up, and and you know they take out the ARs and they're ready to ready to blast anyone, and that doesn't align with the Bible. That doesn't align with the Christian faith at all. And so when you know when Michael's coming from his point of view, I mean that's the same point of view that I have. I would not be able to turn away anybody. And so when it comes to family members and them showing up, it's going to be, hey, you're coming. You're here. We're going to help you as much as possible. We have limited limited amounts of food, uh, but you're going to work. I mean, you're not sitting around. You're not getting a free meal and then leaving when everything's gone and going to the next family member. You're participating. You're working. And if you don't work, you don't get anything, and and that's biblical actually. So uh, your work, you know, you you get to eat, 
And so that would be put in place whether I'm here in this neighborhood or whether we are uh, out there in the country. That would be uh, the same, you know, the same rule for anybody going out there. And of course, there's wisdom. You need to have wisdom. You need to be have discernment. You need to, you know, think through all these kinds of things. Um, uh, and, and so one of the one of the other things that I always think about uh, when when this kind of thing happens is food and stuff that you have stored up will will go away. Uh, will you'll use it all up? But I always think about how you know God allows us to you know we we do as much as we can and then He blesses. So you have something to work with, and then he blesses. And so I think about the feeding of the five thousand. How you know they had a few fish and some pieces of uh, some loaves of bread, and then how God multiplied that. And so uh, you know I, I always keep that in mind, and that uh, God can do anything when you're in a situation like that. And so when I think about, man, yeah, my the food would be eaten up so fast, the food storage would be gone so fast, this would be gone so fast. I, I always in the back of my mind think, you know, God can provide. Uh, but there is that song, one of my favorite uh, Christian artists uh, back back from the 80s was Keith Green. And he had a song that said, uh, uh, keep doing your best and God will take care of the rest. And so I don't, you know, that's uh, that's kind of like, that's what I think about when I'm thinking about this kind of situation. There is a lot of comments, like I said already, uh, a lot of comments here. Some people are just, you know, it's that typical, I'm just going to blast everyone and take everybody's stuff and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, man, that's, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe that's their preparedness plan. That's uh, There's people that realize that people are going to be like that and they'll be ready for them. So um, anyway, that's my view on it. I know that there's a lot of other views on it just on uh, the Facebook page. I know people were commenting and saying it would it would just have to really uh, depend. But you think about you know your parents right now and you have a good relationship with your parents. You have a good relationship with your siblings. And then all of a sudden, and, and so I'm just taking the Christian side, Christian thing out of this. But you know you have you, they come over for Christmas, they come over for Thanksgiving. You, you see them weekends, you barbecue, and then the poop hits the fan, and all of a sudden, like, no, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't come over. I mean, do you really think you're going to be able to do that? I mean, if you can, that's that's your thing. Uh, I don't even think, even if I wasn't a Christian, I could do that. Uh, turn away family members like that. So that's one reason why you prep extra if if you're in a scenario like that in a situation like that. I've gotten really long on that one, so let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, so this complements the, the the article from Michael Snyder. Um, it's coming to us from AmericanPreppersOnline.com, and uh, Sarge over there has written an article called "How to Explain to Your Friends and Family What a Prepper Is Without Sounding Nuts." So if you read that other article from Michael Snyder and you're like, man, I don't want to be in that predicament. Let me start talking to my family members about this. Uh, maybe this is a way that you can do it. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. I know we have all had those awkward conversations with close friends or family members, and sometimes it can be like explaining why you believe in God. In today's post, I want to offer a few tips and ideas to hopefully make it easier and not have them phoning to see if you escape the loony bin. Grab a cup of coffee, my friend, and have a seat while we visit. Before I get started, let me take a minute to answer a question I get a lot. Where does the grab a cup of coffee, my friends, come from? 
It's simple. My grandfather had an old table and some chairs on his front porch, and anytime someone would come by, he would get them a cup of coffee, and they would sit around the old table and visit with each other. I guess I heard that phrase, grab a cup of coffee, my friend, and have a seat while we visit, a million times. They would talk and laugh and, of course, drink lots of coffee. You didn't even need to be part of the conversation. Just hearing them would make you feel good inside. For me, it became a symbol of two friends visiting and talking with each other. I still practice it today on my own patio, and I truly hope the tradition is carried on by my children. There is just something special about it. Well, I use the expression here because when I'm writing, I imagine sitting at a table with an old friend, drinking coffee and visiting. I hope it makes you feel as special as it did my grandfather's friends. Okay, back to the subject at hand. Now, you need to understand that if you just come out and say, I'm a prepper and I'm preparing for the end of the world, they will look at you like you're a mental patient. No, you need to put, put it in terms they can understand, the simpler the better. The truth is that the term prepper is just used to describe anyone who practices disaster preparedness. Heck, in some universities these days, you can get a degree in disaster preparedness. Start out by telling them that you are a disaster preparedness specialist. That is something that most people can wrap their heads around. Explain that you, you're not prepping for the end of the world, but just simply preparing for whatever disasters come along. Most state and local governments have disaster preparedness specialists on their payroll. You can then go on to explain that the term prepper is just a nickname for people who practice disaster preparedness. It really is, if you think about it. By storing up survival supplies, you are just preparing for whatever disaster comes along. You may want to avoid telling them that you are worried that the federal government is going to collapse or go rogue just yet. People like simple explanations that they can relate to. If your area has had recent bad weather or flooding, then you may want to use that as an example for why you decide to learn more about it and start pre preparing for such disasters. After all, people buy car insurance just in case something were to happen to their car. So wouldn't it be just common sense that they should prepare and be ready for natural disasters as well? You can always use the question like, if a flood, tornado, hurricane were to hit out of the blue, would they be prepared to make it through in comfort or would they like to suffer like those who did not prepare? It's only common sense after all. This should satisfy even the most staunch objector because it is something that they can understand and get behind. If not, then there's probably nothing you could ever say to get them to understand what you are doing. And so, again, I'll just side note here. I want to read that one again because at some point you get to the point or at, where you, you finally say, there's nothing I can say here to really change your mind. So let me read that sentence again. If not, then there's probably nothing you can ever say to get them to understand what you are doing. Let me continue on. Starting this weekend, I will have some disaster preparedness specialist vinyl decals available in our store, which is listed in the menu ab up above. This is just an easy way to let other preppers know that you are one while still painting a happy face on it for the unwashed hordes. Now, if you have any specific questions about bringing someone, someone on board with prepping, just add it to the co comments below or use our feedback page to send it to me and I will do my best to try to help answer your questions. Before I wrap things up today, I want to encourage all of you to please send me an email or add to the comments of any post your thoughts about what subjects you would like to see covered here. I really want to address the issues that are on your mind, so just let me know. Well, I guess that's it for today, and I hope you have enjoyed today's post. Until next time, my friends, stay safe, stay strong, stay prepared. God bless America. Sarge. 
So there are comments here. Sarge is, uh, does a good job of responding. You know, sometimes you go to a website and there's a lot of uh, comments and just no one ever responds. Sarge does a good job of responding to them. So you can go and uh, have that conversation with them. So uh, I think this is a great um, a great way to go ahead and, and break it to uh, family and friends using that disaster preparedness. You can talk about how the government, how FEMA says that you should have three days of food and water on hand, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, here on the Gulf Coast, it's very, very easy uh, because, you know, people, Katrina is still on, the, on everyone's mind. Uh, Ike, Hurricane Ike, is still on everybody's mind, and especially out in my area. Uh, you know, we, we got hit. People were without electricity for, you know, uh, some for a couple of days, some for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had bad flooding here about a year ago. Uh, this week, a year ago, we were talking about that uh, today in a meeting. And so it's very easy to talk about, uh, you know, being prepared when you come from that natural disaster point of view. And so I, I like that disaster preparedness specialist type thing. I, I would not use the word prepper. I would just take that out of your vocabulary. Don't use I mean, around people who prep, yeah. But uh, if you're trying to help someone understand, you know, why they need to prepare, just leave that whole prepper word out of it. Uh, Doomsday Preppers is still too fresh on everybody's mind, uh, you know, the show out there. So just stick with that disaster preparedness specialist or disaster preparedness. I think that's good. I like using the word or the phrase self-reliant as well and in explaining that, you know, I'm just being responsible for myself and my family and trying to do everything that I can to make sure that I live a good quality life. So good article. Go check that out. Uh, check out the comments and, and definitely go Lee Sarge. Uh, if you're looking for a specific article that you haven't seen, drop uh, drop Sarge uh, a line in the comment section over there and uh, let him start you know coming up with a, an article for you to tackle that. All right, so our last article here. Um, yeah, I, Fridays is the day that I try to pull an article from the archive. So I go into the Prepper website Tag Cloud. And uh, I pull up, I, you know, I just kind of look over the topics and maybe something that I haven't talked about recently and uh, bring that up from the archives. And uh, that's why I'm talking about a basic solar power system description and diagram. So this is a very old article. It's written uh, October 2011 from Modern Survival Blog. Um, but the information is good. Um, there are links to Amazon, and when I link to the solar panel that he's referring to, um, you know, it's no longer, it's no longer, you or you can no longer buy it. Um, but you can definitely go buy something very similar. The Renogy uh, solar, solar uh, panels are really, really good, and so you can go look those up as well. So um, what I like about this article, it just, you know, it gives you some technical stuff. But it's easy to understand if you're not like an electrician or you're not all up to date on solar power. And it gives you just a very basic diagram that he's even scribbled out on a piece of paper, took a picture of it, and has it up here so that you can kind of just understand. And uh, so let's go ahead and start reading. It's not a very long article, but it's, uh, it's a good one. So let's start reading this one. Solar power systems vary widely in their power producing capacities and the cost of implementation is directly proportional to that capacity. Solar energy is not cheap. 
In fact, one could argue that from a cost-saving point of view, it is not very practical at all because it typically will take many, many years to reach the break-even point when considering the cost of your local utility electricity. I'm talking roughly 5 to 15 years in many instances, depending on your usage. However, despite the cost of solar power systems, for many folks, it is a worthwhile investment for reasons other than saving money on your utility bill. If your property is far from the nearest road, it may actually cost less to have solar power than to pay to run electricity to your property. If you have an RV or boat, solar power is a great way to have electricity present. For many, simply having a very basic solar power system is reassurance that they will have some amount of limited power at the ready just in case. Without going into great detail, I thought that I would illustrate a very simple and basic system that could be assembled to provide enough power to operate some lights, a TV, a computer, enough to recharge power tools or other items, an 800-watt system with caveats. So here's the, the parts list here. Uh, solar, one solar panel, 180 watt with MC4 connectors. One battery charge controller, 15 amp, 225 watt, 12 volt. One battery, 12 volt, sealed AGM, 55 AH. Um, one power inverter, 12 VDC to 120 AC, 800 watt. Two battery cable kits for AWG. One solar array cable, 50 feet, MC4 ends cut in half. With the components listed in the basic system above, while the sun is shining, you could continuously run or consume up to about 140 watts of power or up to 800 watts for about half an hour if the battery is fully charged. Even when it's cloudy, you will, you will probably still have access to about 100 watts continuous. When it is dark, and since we've included a battery in the system, you will have access to about 500 watts for one hour, or 100 watts for five hours, or 50 watts for 10 hours, etc. The amount of available energy after dark assumes a maximum allowed 80% battery discharge, never go below 20% battery capacity, and assumes we're using the particular battery listed above, 55 amp hour, 12 volt, and assumes five hour per day of charging sunlight. Note that if you get two identical batteries and wire them in parallel, you will double your nighttime capacity, provided that they get fully charged during the daytime. The price tag of the very basic system above is nearly $1,000. Okay, so side note, um, this, since this was written in 2011, I'm pretty sure you can get this system for half of that, if not a little less, uh, depending on what solar panel you go with. So continue, continuing on, the price tag, so I'm going to read that sentence again. The price tag of this very basic system above is nearly $1,000, and as you can see, it's not cheap to achieve the energy capacity listed in this example. If we assume that your local utility company charges, say, $0.20 cents per kilowatt hour per 1,000 watts of consumption in an hour, you would not break even with the price until you've consumed 4,755 kilowatt hours. That's 4,755,000 watts of power. That's the same as running 100 watts of something for 47,550 hours straight or a bit more than five years. I'm not trying to discourage you by any means. I'm just pointing out the facts. Again, there are a lot of reasons to have solar energy systems other than for offsetting the cost of local electricity, like preparedness. Here's a sketch of how the very basic system that I've listed above would be connected together. So again, there's a diagram there that you'll want to check out. A statement of caution. Don't attempt building your own solar energy system unless you have a basic understanding of what you're doing. Maybe you know a friend who knows basic electricity. 
For example, if you don't know what Ohm's law is, then you probably shouldn't be putting one of these together yourself. Designing the proper package involves a full understanding of power equations, P equals IE, conversions, and other basic elect electronic understanding. All right, so there are uh, some comments there that might be helpful in uh, your uh, search for a basic solar power system. So there's a lot more information out there that you can get. Um, you know, when I look at um, stuff like Gold, Gold Zero, I know a lot of people really like it. It's it's a all it's a nice little package. You can buy it, and it's it stores really nice, and it all looks you know it's got all the bells and whistles and all that kind of stuff. And so, but you're going to pay for that. You can make your own system. Just you know. Uh, it just wouldn't look exactly the same. It wouldn't have the nice little package, but uh, you can make that system for uh, a lot less than you can buy that Goal Zero. But, well, you know, if you have the money to buy that Goal Zero, go for it. Um, there's been a lot of improvements in solar panels since 2011, and that's why I'm saying prices have come down a lot, and they're going to continue to come come down a lot. So the uh, the reason why people bought solar panels in the past was because they were trying to um, lower their cost of energy. Even the, the 20 cents per kilowatt back in 2011, if I remember correctly, energy did cost a lot more, power did cost a lot more. Um, now it's, you know, it's a lot, lot cheaper than, than that. No, no one should be paying 20, 20 cents a kilowatt hour unless you're, there's only one service provider and that's, you know, that's it. Uh, here in Houston, I mean, they fight over, you know, the cheapest rate. And so um, really easy to kind of make this system. And really, you're, you're making it for preparedness. You're making it so that you can have um, you know, electricity for whatever you might need uh, in the future if, if something was to happen. That's another week worth of podcasts in the books. And don't forget to visit all the websites that allow me to read their articles. They all have great links and graphics and videos, uh, things that you'll want to visit and check out. I, I link to all those websites and more on the specific episodes. You can always go to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com and, and link to those, uh, those articles. While you're there at the prepperwebsitepodcast.com, I would appreciate it if you could share out the podcast episode through social media, email, or even word of mouth. I mean, that's very appreciated. And don't forget, if you are looking for more preparedness material this weekend, uh, you can stop by prepperwebsite.com. There's a ton of articles that I never get on the that never get on the podcast. I never get to to get on there because just there's so many there. And uh, I, of course, I also encourage you to join our free Facebook page and our email list. You can get to both of them on the menu bar of the website of theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And don't forget, when you register for the email list, you automatically get enrolled in the free e-course, Live a More Self-Reliant Life. So with that, I wish you a great weekend. Get out, enjoy some dirt time, whatever that means for you. And as always, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, stay prepped and aware. Peace.